Welcome to the No Neutral Moments Podcast. My name is Patrick Payton, and it's my pleasure to discuss, to explore, and maybe even to discover what it means for each one of us to live our lives fully engaged, to challenge each one of us to be fully aware, and completely expecting to engage to the fullest everything we've been designed, called, and gifted to be. So with all this in mind, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get engaged. Well, hello there, and welcome to this edition of the No Neutral Moments podcast. My name is Patrick Payton. Again, it is an honor that you have chosen to uh, give us a chance here and listen to the podcast. Again, so thankful to our production team and everything that everybody has been doing over this last year. We've got a couple of uh, reminders of our sponsors, and I also want to begin by uh, just telling you a little bit of good news in relationship to the ongoing nature of the podcast. Some of you know what I do for a living. Some of you know what I do uh, in other areas of life. For instance, uh, you know that I uh, have won this election to be the mayor of Midland, Texas. We've been doing that for seven months now. It's been quite a historic uh, run where we are, things that are happening. It's as It's been interesting for everyone's life, although that's not a full-time job if you're in public service here in Midland, Texas, um, it uh, doesn't pay a lot. Uh, $75 a month if you're the mayor, $25 a month gets even better if you're a city council member. So, so thankful for all of those elected officials. And as we do that, I also have the Peyton Group Consulting Organization, primarily specializing in working with management teams, working with their team members and employees and partners in self-improvement, and as you've heard us say before, helping them become everything that they are designed, called, and gifted to be. And with that phrase, designed, called, and gifted, uh, I'm thankful to say that we have just completed the trademark filing process, and so uh, we'll see what new opportunities we're able to use this phrase that I've used for many years now that I began using because of a personal conviction of the value of people's lives of how they are designed, called, and gifted for very specific things in life. We'll talk about that some more in this episode, an episode that is brought to you by our two key sponsors, of which you've heard before, unless you're new to this podcast. One is the Lucini and Mertz Land Surveying Company. Been in Midland 68 years, uh, probably going on 69 now, uh, since we started uh, with, since they started with us as a, uh, as a supporter of this program. Valuable small business. Every business is an essential business, as we have learned, and they're an essential business in this economy of ours of licensed surveyors. So whether you're looking for different things like pipeline survey work or survey work for well locations, obviously the oil and gas industry, a lot of issues with right-of-ways, power lines, fence lines, aerial photography, drone services, and I think everybody in West Texas has a ranch, and they can even do ranch surveys. So You know, if you want to get your lines and locations correct, Lucini and Mertz is who you can call. You can reach them at luciniandmertz.com. Again, that's luciniandmertz, L-U-C-H-I-N-I-M-E-R-T-Z, luciniandmertz.com, or call them at 432-684-6728, 432-684-6728. 6728 and tell Bobby Burkholder that you heard about them on the No Neutral Moments podcast. 
And then secondly, our Morgan Stanley uh, sponsorship, the Fidelis Wealth Management Group, Morgan Stanley. I'm a personal client of Philip Knight at the Fidelis Wealth Management Group and could not be happier. I say that because I've written that down, but I also mean that with uh, every ounce of my promotional being that the family financial planning we've been able to do, the discussion and planning we have been able to do with Philip, who has been able to help us be relaxed in this process and be wise in this process as he has led my wife and I and our family uh, in our investments and our financial planning. So thankful for Philip Knight at the Fidelis Wealth Management Group. Philip can be reached at 432-620-6079, or you can email Philip at his name, which is P-H-I-L-L-I-P dot or period Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, Philip dot Knight at all one word, morganstanley.com, philip.knight at morganstanley.com. And as always, please let them know that you heard about them on the No Neutral Moments podcast. Well, I'm going to probably go a little longer on this podcast than I have in previous podcasts um, because I just don't want to break this down. I I don't want to go into part one, part two, part three. So this one might be longer, which lends me to have to have this faith and belief that you will stay tuned and you'll stay tuned for our longer than usual 20 to 30 minute podcast. If it takes that long, it may not. But if I were going to entitle this this particular episode, I would simply call it What Holds Me Back. What What is holding me back? And let me tell you a little bit of a story as to where this came from, although many of the things that I'm going to tell you about in this episode, I have been noting and I have been working on in, in my own life and in, in messages I've preached and in journals I've written and things I've tried to communicate. But because of the coronavirus and this lockdown that we've all been in and this lack of entertainment that's been on our televisions, you know, we haven't been able to watch any really great sports. Um, I'm probably never going to watch um, pro sports the way I used to. I just can't wait to see college sports. But this is going to really sound goofy, and, and I hope you don't laugh too hard at me. But one of the things, uh, you know, not just Netflix, you know, we, we've kind of all gotten into Netflix and found our particular shows we like on Netflix, but I have also somewhat become a bit of a YouTube fan, and this is going to really sound corny. One of the things I have grown um, attached to are these top, 10, top seven, top five. Here it goes. Here's the crazy part. America's got talent. Britain's got talent and X factor and the voice and all this. So I've found myself watching some of these episodes where they bring you the best of the most surprising. And here's where it gets even somewhat more embarrassing. I have found myself during some of these watching some of these, most of them have been singing. I've literally found myself in tears watching people who this has been their dream. And and then they tell a little bit of people's story and how for the longest time in their lives, they thought they wanted to give something a try, you know, singing or, or playing an instrument and they didn't do it. And then an opportunity came to bear to, to pursue this dream and they went after it and, and something ends up happening that they never expected to happen. And, and so I know it's kind of weird, but it has been 
I don't know. I have, I have loved watching it. And then I have um, happened upon this channel on YouTube about, it's called People Are Amazing. And, and it shows you these athletic feats, these um, all kinds of things, you know, kind of uh, X, X Games kind of stuff that people do that take an amazing amount of talent and more than that, an amazing amount of commitment, an amazing amount of work. And, and I'm watching this and, and I get back to this situation where I, um, I, I remembered when I used to work with high school seniors. And one of the things I would ask every new senior, my wife and I would have them over to our house and uh, every new senior, we'd go through this series of questions. We'd ask them their name, where they go to school, their favorite subject, their least favorite subject, where they think they might want to go to college. We'd ask them their favorite music. And the last question I was always ask every high school senior is, what's your dream? Tell me your dream. And it was incredible because, you know, very, I, I could probably count, you know, we, we did that for, I don't know, nine years, maybe. I can probably count on less than two hands how many high school seniors said that their dream was to get rich. I mean, it, they just didn't say it. They had something big that they wanted to be a part of. And it, it wasn't like, I want to be the next rap star, which would have been fine. But something that was stirring inside of them. And so tie all that together. What, what, what in the world am I talking about? Where am I trying to go on this team? You tie all that together. And, and the other day, I'm sitting and I'm just thinking to myself, in this particular time in which we find ourselves, I wonder how many of us have begun to think about what we want to do. I mean, we've been relegated to not being able to do anything. And, and I wonder if it's helped you to see or, or rebirth inside of you a passion and a desire to pursue, for lack of a better word, something more to make more out of life, to make more out of your career, to make more out of your dreams. And so that's where I've got this title of, okay, what's holding you back? If you look at our lives, we spend most of our time pursuing um, steadiness and a lack of change for the most part. As a matter of fact, once you get out of college and you start your career and you try to advance in your career, or you chase a corporate dream and you figure out how much money you're going to be able to make. Really, it, it, you know, you have kids, you might have grandkids. It seems like the dream of what we're allowed to do here in this country often just comes down to, am I going to have enough money to play? Am I going to have enough money to retire? And that's it. And, and so when you, when you literally ask people, what are you after? What, do you, what are you trying to get to? I mean, what, what, what is the bigger driving purpose for your life? That's not just a, a, a question you can ask businesses. I do that a lot in consulting is asking businesses. So what's the why? What's the, what's the just cause? What's the strategy? What are you guys after? The reason that question is so hard to answer at a corporate level is because we don't answer it at a personal level. That, that's the reason for it. So I, I want to ask you to begin to start thinking through, what do I want to do? Just, this is a personal question. Who do I want to be? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And this is not a motivational, so to, speak, so to speak, kind of speech. I just want to get you churning on who you are, what you're doing, and where you're going. And, and with that, I'm going to try to give you what I believe are four kind of broad categories that typically hold us back. And then I'm going to move to what I think it all boils down to and some action steps of what you do now. That's why I don't want to break this thing up. So 
And again, recognizing that we've been in a time since March when everything in our lives has been challenged. The way we work, where we work, how we work, what our extracurricular activities are, what our limitations are, what they are not. I mean, if you have not taken this season to think about where you are and where you're going, and instead your mind has been consumed with when will we get back to normal? Now, I would submit to you that you have wasted this season. And don't waste any more of it. So here we go. What are, let me give you these four broad categories, and I'll, I'll talk about each one with some specifics. And these are not in any uh, order of importance. I just uh, started brainstorming and then narrowing it down to what I believed were these four kind of key areas that hold us back. The first one is what I would call the category of self-doubt. You just do not believe in yourself. This consists of a lack of belief that you can really do anything, a lack of belief that your life is really worth something. You've come to a place or I've come to a place where I just don't believe that whatever I could think of could be possible. You have no confidence or I have no confidence in my abilities. I even talk about myself that way. I I talk about myself in a self-deprecating manner and And really, it comes down to a fear of even believing in myself because I'm not so sure that it's even fair for me to have dreams. You find this a lot in young parents, and you're doing the thing you're supposed to do right now. You're raising your babies. You're raising your kids. But that doesn't mean that you you stop dreaming and stop pursuing. As a matter of fact, one of the dangerous places here, especially if you're a young parent, is you become so kid-centric because, you know, obviously the kids take most of the time that you you forget about yourself and what you're supposed to be doing. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to develop yourself. So we, we lack just a common belief in ourselves. And this goes away oftentimes when we're teenagers, because as children, you have such a vivid imagination. And, and so many times people tell you when you're babies, when you're young kids, they tell you, you can be anything you want to be, even though we all know oftentimes that's not true but we still don't pursue bigger things than what we allow simply to happen to us. We even in this realm of doubt reject this idea of my uniqueness or your uniqueness. This this amazing phrase that no one on the face of this earth can do what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do it, it remains undone. This amazing reality that you are an individual created without replication or likeness. I mean, you may have a child that looks a little bit like you, but you are still the only you that is you. You are still the only you that can accomplish what you can accomplish. And somewhere along the line, because of a failure or two, because of a setback or two or three or four, we don't believe in ourselves. We don't believe what we can do. And I think even more dangerous is we don't believe we deserve to dream. And and let me just throw in this little thing right here. I If you're listening and continuing to listen to this episode and you think that I'm talking about how you get rich, you're missing the whole point. In fact, no part of this really has anything to do with whether you get rich because there are millions of rich people financially who die poor personally. And and that's just a reality. There are many more people 
who are poor financially, who are richer in their lives than people who have a lot of money. That's just a reality. And so that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what do you need to be after? What are you settling for? What's holding you back? And I submit to you that at the beginning of this journey of what's holding you back oftentimes is just a very simple doubt in yourself, what you deserve, what's possible for you. So I ask you a question. Do you doubt yourself? Do you doubt that you could do something? Fill in the blank. Do you doubt that you, you should try? It, it just, what do you doubt? Why do you doubt? And do you doubt that you are unique? And currently you may be in a position because you've allowed yourself to be in a position where doubt is even a little easier. And that's going to be a little bit of a hole to dig out of, but we'll get to that. So check in and see how you're doubting yourself and, or if you're believing in yourself. So that's just one of the areas I think holds us back. Let me go to the second one. This one, if I were putting these in a rank order, I probably would put this first, but it's second on the list. I think what holds us back exponentially are the limiting words and thoughts, the limiting words and thoughts that other people have used towards us and that we in turn have begun to use within ourselves. And, and I've got a few things I just, I just kind of went through with my mind, and that is many times we allow the words of other people to define what we believe about ourselves and also what we can do or what can be possible in our own lives. I know this hits home to many people who are listening because you've had a teacher or a coach or you've had a friend or you've had a work associate who has said things like, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you have the qualities for that. If you're female, you have had limitations placed on you by the chauvinism of our culture, unlike any other group possibly. If you're in a racial minority, you've probably had people speak self-limiting words and thoughts into your life. And the dangerous part is sometimes in our lives, we allow our ears to continue to be open to the limiting speech of those around us. In other words, we allow people to continue to speak limitation rather than ignoring them, getting away from them, and shutting them down and or replacing what they are saying. I've asked people this question sometimes. Can you think back to one of the most limiting things that someone has said in your life? Something that someone has said to you that has put you in a position to stop believing in yourself. And most people can really remember the sarcasm or the doubt that's spoken into their life. And it's harder for us to remember the life that has been spoken into us by the people around us. A, a quick story. This past week, visiting with a dear friend, a young lady who is finishing up in college. And I'm not going to give the names of universities involved here, but I'm just going to tell you, she's double majoring. And um, because of the way things are working, she is having to get a, uh, a final credit in a particular area of study from another university other than the one she'll be graduating from so she can get these transfer credits on a particular area of study that is where she wants to go. And that's what I will tell you is it is a female, this friend of mine. And unfortunately, uh, as I was talking to her this last week, she shared with me an email that a male professor sent to her, basically telling her, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, women like you shouldn't pursue careers 
in this particular field. And when she told me that, I just about went through the roof in anger. Well, that's someone that if she allowed it, she would allow the words of someone else to define who she is and what she could do and what she could believe and what could be possible. And if she allowed her ears to be open to this limited speech in her life, she might choose to not pursue what's beating in her chest. I'm so thankful. I've watched her over the years know this isn't right. And I'm not going to let someone speak this into my life. So the question to you and I is, what have you allowed to be spoken into your life? Sometimes you couldn't do anything about it because you were young when it was spoken into your life. And what limitation are you allowing to continually be spoken into you? There's another voice, which is this, this negative voice in our head. And, and listen closely to how I say this. We, we get used to listening to the negative voice in our head, and it's a loud voice, rather than the whisper that's deep in our soul. So it, you start believing your head voice, which gives you all this trouble, rather than your heart voice that says, I'm not content and I want to do more. And that heart voice rarely screams at us. It waits to see if we'll listen to it. And that will take time, it will take patience, and it will take effort. So you can begin taking these words out of your lives. I've even been told by people that I'll never be a speaker because I can't speak in complete sentences. And you can't let people speak these things into you. And and in this whole limitation of people's words and thoughts, we actually allow those words to stifle our creativity and to stop us from dreaming. We, I, I put it this way. You choose to live in just sort of black and white rather than the full color of spectrum that your life is designed, called, and gifted for. So two things so far holding you back possibly. Self-doubt. And the second is limiting words and thoughts that people put into your life that you then sort of put into the dictionary as well of the self-doubts. Let's go on to something else that might be holding you back. And I believe these are things we all have to just say, nope, I'm not going to let that hold me back anymore. Easier said than done. But the third category is what I would call the doubt of environment or environmental doubt, which in a very simple way, it's when you and I buy into the lie that your place where you live or the place where you're growing up or the place where you're working determines your future. That somehow you and I believe that our geography or even our social economic status is going to limit us, that we can't get out of this environment, Um, that nothing good has ever come from this neighborhood or this city, or if it has, I'm certainly not going to be that person. We believe if we grew up in poverty of all kinds, that we are destined to that. We believe that the environment of our family is what we're destined for, and we're not going to be able to change that. We accept environmental limitations. And you could even say that I, I accept or we accept the environmental limitations of my body or my mind or my speech, the way it happens to be. We allow our environment to dictate our dreams rather than allow our dreams and our desires to explode bigger than where I am and then for me to press forward out of this environment to even possibly change the environment. And so have you become someone who has not only been held back by self-doubt, not only been held back because of limiting words and thoughts, 
But if you also allowed yourself to be held back because you have chosen to buy into a limiting definition of your environment rather than choosing your environment to be the place where you start from to pursue something that's above and beyond what you would have ever dared dream or imagine. So that's three categories. Here's the fourth category that I think is an area that holds us back. This one is a little different in that it is primarily, um, how do I want to say this? Primarily defined by us. And it's the toughest one. And I call it the reluctance to accept the struggle and the sacrifice necessary to break out of what's holding you back and break into something new. So I don't want to say fear, although that plays a part into it. But once you decide you've gotten through three things I've told you about, you're like, that's exactly right. I doubt myself. That's got to change. I've allowed people to speak limitation into my life. I have believed that nothing good comes out of my environment or where I found myself. Now, once you get past that, you have to get past this limitation that, that, that keeps you from pressing into the struggle and the sacrifice for what you think you want to pursue. You see, uh, there's a lack of willingness to go ahead and pay the price to see if you can do it. And and quite frankly, it's really not a compelling dream you have if you're not willing to pay the price to simply try to see if you can head that direction. Getting past this step, and I'm going to give you some ideas here in a little bit about how to sort of take this journey. Getting past this step is huge because there's a lot of people who listen to a podcast or watch a movie or see something motivational and they think, I think I want to do that. I'm going to stop doubting myself. I'm going to stop letting people speak limiting words into my life. I'm going to do something that somebody from here has never done before. And then all of a sudden you get there and it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be a sacrifice. And you're going to have to make the decision to pay the price. And there are all kinds of, I might say this way, prices to be paid financially and, 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 and in your life and physically So are you going to be willing to move past where you've been to where you've never been before? Another reluctance to accept the struggle or sacrifice comes from what I call a fear of success. Yes, I I actually believe that if we choose the struggle, we're a little bit afraid of what will happen to us if we succeed. Like we could really do this. I have a friend from years ago who I was visiting with, and that's when this first came to me. And he's an amazing gentleman. And I would say that through his life, had had some serious self-doubt and limiting words and environmental influences spoken into his life. I could tell that, and I'm telling a true story. I'm not just making this stuff up, but I'm just not going to use names. And we're sitting in my office, and I could tell this guy was brilliant, and he could do more than he'd ever thought about. And and uh, he was using all these self doubting and limiting words and descriptions of himself so he could feel comfortable about not achieving. And finally, I looked right at him and I said, your problem is not the fear of failure. Your problem is you're afraid you might succeed. And you know what? That dude, he went off and got another degree. And and I'm not talking about at an easy stage of life. If I told you about his life, what he did at the particular stage in his life was nothing short of miraculous and got another degree. I mean, he just, he just, he took it, man. He took the bull by the horn, so to speak. He was willing to pay the price and he's there. But for a while, his, his reluctance 
was that he was really afraid he, he could succeed. And sure enough, he did. Another sort of uh, point, this reluctance to accept the struggle or the sacrifice is we, we have to realize the world around us for the most part spins around on an axis of what I would call cynicism and doubt, which means I have to make a choice to spin on my own axis of possibility and probability that I could do this. Like I, I have to, this sort of leans towards something else here I'll talk about here in a little bit. But if I'm going to accept the struggle and I'm going to take on the sacrifice to get past what's holding me back, I'm going to start, uh, let me put it this way, singing my song to my tune or spinning on my own axis. I don't really care how you want to describe it, but it's going to cause you to have to live differently and with a different perspective. You're going to have to break out of this cynicism that's so acceptable around us and the pessimism that's so acceptable around us. And you're going to have to be willing to say, okay, here we go. And this is going to be a part of the struggle. It's going to be a part of the sacrifice. Another part of this is um, very close to what I just talked about, about spinning on your own axis. And if you're going to accept the struggle and the sacrifice to get past what holds you back and to do more and to start pursuing what you're designed, called, and gifted for you are going to have to accept the reality that for this journey, you're going to probably have to go it alone more than in a crowd. And you're going to have to be fine with that. There, if you decide to be someone that breaks the barriers, achieves the dreams, does more than you could ever imagine or expect, and, and let me pause and say, this may be a very private victory for you that's more than you could ever hope or imagine. It may not be, in in fact, for 98% of us, it's not going to be some big public thing, but it's the dream you have. And, and, And you haven't even told this to the people around you, but there are, remember this whole thing about the world turning on cynicism and pessimism. The people around you don't usually like it when you decide to break out of the mold, the limitations and the environmental doubt, and you will lose quote unquote, friends and acquaintances, I'd call them more acquaintances than friends, because it's really only a small group of warriors that choose to break out of this and break past what holds them back. Your circle will get small. I've told so many young people, I've told my kids this, that the higher you go in leadership and the more achievement you pursue, the smaller your circle of influence and circle of trust. Because it's just a few good people around you, great people around you who are choosing the struggle and the sacrifice for everything that they are supposed to be. So you're going to have to be willing to accept that. And then finally, accepting the struggle or the sacrifice. The last thing I'll say about that is sometimes we have achievement in our lives early in our twenties or our thirties. You could even say forties or fifties. I mean, in many respects, that seems kind of early to me now as I'm in my fifties and we achieve kind of more than we ever thought we would achieve. So the question remains, am I allowing myself to start leaning into sort of a black and white and gray world of my existence I have now? Or am I going to keep looking into the technicolor of the future and realize that am I going to be willing to forsake what I think I have gained in order that I can pursue something that's bursting in my heart and that I'm dreaming about for myself? I see this in so many lives of people who have gotten to a position. And this is one of those cases where the position is typically in possessions. 
and what's in your savings account. And you've achieved more and your comfort level is high, but there's still something pounding in your chest and you don't know what to do with it. And the sacrifice and the struggle is, are you willing to leave behind what you think you've gained to pursue what you've dreamed of finding much more than where you've been before? And so you'll have to just work through that on your own. If you've stopped dreaming, man, I hope you haven't. And I'm going to give you some, some things to think about here in a minute. If you have stopped dreaming about where to and what for and why, then, then as I've said for, I think twice now, I'll say it for a third time, you've chosen to live in the gray and the black and white rather than the full color of life. The only example I can give to you, and I hope you've seen the movie, is if you've ever seen the movie, The Wizard of Oz, you know that it kind of starts in that, what is it, sepia color? Kind of, it's not black and white. It's kind of reddish and rust color, you know, and everything's kind of drab. And Dorothy living on the farm before the tornado shows up. Everything is just drab. And she, and you remember the song in the beginning of that. She's dreaming about what's on the other side of the rainbow, somewhere over the rainbow. And I know it's just a movie example. But then when she wakes up after the house has been picked up by the tornado and it's dropped into Oz, you remember that part of the movie where everything turns into this technicolor. I mean, it just becomes this amazing thing. And and that's what I wonder about where you are and where I am. Have I allowed myself to slip into the drab and colorless or am I willing to press into the color of the things that are driving my heart and igniting my passions? So I know we're going long here, but I want to finish this. Uh, and because here's what I think it all boils down to. If you want to break out of this mold, if you want to get past what's holding you back and try for more, even if you fail, because you're going to, here, here are seven quick things that you're going to have to commit to, okay? And I'll, I'll say these a couple of times. Number one, you're going to have to find a new and a right thinking. And this requires new people in your circle and even sort of kicking some people out of your circle. That doesn't mean you walk up to people and say, hey, listen, you've been self-limit, you've been limiting me in my life, therefore you're out of my circle. But we allow ourselves to be influenced by certain people and you're gonna have to decide, that's it. I'm done with that. I'm not gonna listen to those words anymore. I'm not gonna receive those words anymore or anything like that. You're gonna have to find a way to change your thinking processes, which is followed by the second issue, which is new and right believing. Now, the reason I want to focus on these two for a minute is I'm going to tell you kind of how to do this in my mind. You've got to change the way you think and you've got to change the way you believe. And I think that there are um, there's a practice you can put into your life. It was, it was a practice that a lot of people looked down on several decades ago, but I think it's very, very powerful. And, and then also, I'm just going to tell you, I think if you're going to change your thinking and change your believing that, uh, and you're going to have to choose what's best for you. But I would say that if you don't spend time studying and meditating on Covey's book, The Seven Habits, the, the entire first three habits are all about how you change the way you think in spite of what's going on around you. I think you ought to get a copy of the book by Tim Ferriss called Tools of Titans. And I think you ought to surround yourself with the stories of people that have broken out of molds and broken out of self-doubt and limitation and environmental doubts and reluctance to struggle. You need to hear these stories. And, and in my own personal conviction, I think you need to hear the truth of the Bible and what it's going to speak over your life. But if you're going to practice new and right thinking and new and right believing, you will never make it to the third thing, which is new and consistent acting or doing 
if you don't start writing down where you want to go and you don't start writing these things down in what I would call affirmations. So for instance, if I said I wanted to run my fifth marathon, I've run four marathons and let's just say I decided, you know what? I still want to run my fastest marathon, even at 53 or 54, then I'm going to write down an affirmation that says, I'm going to continue, and I'm just making this up, but just to give you the idea, I'm going to continue to believe that I can run still better now than I ever have before. I'm going to reject what people and circumstances might say about that, and I'm going to believe that I can still run my fastest time. And I'm going to speak that into my life on nearly a daily basis. I mean, I'm going to speak that into my life. I'm sort of, um, I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm grabbing some other affirmations that I've written into my life, this new way of thinking and this new way of believing. I would even tell you to do this. And some of you who listen to this have heard me talk about this. I would encourage you to sit down with uh, your computer. I would actually encourage you to do this longhand. And I would encourage you, a lot of encouragement here, to think in five categories, your faith, your finances, your friendships, your fitness, um, let's see, faith, family, your family. And then you think about servant leadership as well. So again, faith and your finances and your friendship and your fitness and your friends and your family. You think about these things. I would encourage you then to start writing your story. Um, I'm holding in my hands. That's why I've sort of been in and out of this, this microphone here. I'm holding in my hands the first time I did this, which was October 27th, 1990. And I wrote it and it was entitled My Ideal Self. And I just wrote my biography financially. And I'm sitting here looking at it. And and professionally, I hadn't come down to these final Fs yet. My spiritual self, my family, my scholastic self. I literally wrote my biography so I could start reprogramming my thinking and believing. And, and I would encourage you to do the same thing, to start rewriting the story that you have, for the most part, let other people write for you. So action steps, new and right thinking, new and right believing, which I think you have to write out. Number three, new and consistent action. And let me just tell you something. Well, let me keep going because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it here in a minute. So you start acting differently. You, you believe differently, you act differently. The fourth thing is you start doing, you start doing one day at a time, one moment at a time, one second at a time. And then the fifth thing is you fail. Yeah, new and right thinking, new and right believing, new and consistent acting, then doing, and then number five, failing. Because I'm telling you, when you begin to turn this corner, it's gonna be marked by failure. You're gonna let yourself down. there's going to be something you're not going to do that you wish you had done. And then here's what you have to do. You have to just choose new, new thinking, new believing, new acting again, doing and get past the failures to the next failure. Your road to this dream will be marked with failure. And then the sixth thing you do is you repeat one through four, right? Thinking, right? Believing, right? Acting, right? Doing. Then number five, they'll be failing again. And you stay with the process And then the last thing is you experience the winning, you experience the victory, you experience the goal, you experience what you're after. So what do you do now? Kind of a long podcast here, but here are seven things I would encourage you to do right now. First, start your dream list, but I would also write your biography as well. 
here's the the disappointing thing to me about this podcast is I'm a pretty firm believer in the 90-10 rule and it's not the 80-20 rule. I think only about 10% of the people um, will pursue greatness. So there's some limiting words into your life that I hope will encourage you to break out of it and prove me wrong. But I would start your dream list. I have a dream list. I keep it in my Evernote folder. And I mean, it's got some crazy stuff in it. I'm not going to share it with you. You haven't earned the right to hear it. But it's got some crazy stuff in it that I have just, yeah, I'm not afraid to write it down. And if it pops into my mind, I write it down. And it's, you know, it's got a list of about 25 things on it. And I read it every once in a while. And sometimes I've gotten to a place where I said, you know what? Uh, that's not a dream anymore. Like playing the piano. I had that on my list forever. Now I'm just like, nope. So I took it off the list. It's not a dream anymore. So start your dream list, write it, put it somewhere. And, and also begin to write your own story. Number two, Take a serious inventory of where you are. Don't don't relive failures. Oh, I'm just terrible. You know, like this Eeyore, you know, oh me, whatever. But where are you? So if you, it's, it's a realistic look at where you're starting from. So we know you got to go, all right? You hear this with Dave Ramsey a lot. People start to have to take baby steps if they're going to get out of debt. It takes a realistic look of where you are. You're, you're auditing your life. Go back to my marathon example. If you've like never run three miles or a mile and you say, you know what I want to do? I want to run a marathon. Well, let me tell you something. You got to take an inventory of where you are and you might need to go see a doctor and, and you got to understand that it's, you're going to have to walk a few miles before you run a mile and then it's going to take a long time. Like if you, it's you just understand where you're starting. This is an acknowledgement of limitations that you want to bust through, okay? It's not an acknowledgement of limitations to keep you from moving forward. It's an acknowledgement of limitations so you can have a realistic view of where you're starting from before you take off. That's, that's going to help you when you go through this failure part to go, okay, wait a minute. Now I see where I am and, and, and now I want to keep going, okay? So many lessons about failure, but we don't have time for that in this podcast. Third thing, what do you do now? Remember, start your dream list, write your biography, take an inventory of where you are. Number three, research and learn everything you can about the journey you've committed to for your dreams. I'll go back to the marathon example. Whenever I decided back in 99 and 2000 that I was going to go ahead and do this marathon thing, I started researching and this was, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of Google and stuff back then. So it was going to the bookstore and buying some books on running and marathoning. So I could figure out, you know, how do you train for this? If, if you if your dream is something related to a business, then you you start doing research. Maybe you do some research in some classes and go audit some classes or take some classes at a university and see if you can learn some more about that. Whatever it is, wherever the field is, whatever the journey is, do some research and learn about the journey because that's going to help you also with the second thing we talked about, which is taking an inventory of where you are. Then number four, I would tell you to carefully find your cheerleaders and your coaches. In your research, you may find out that there's someone who's done this who can help me, but also you're going to need people around you that can affirm you. What you don't want to do is start posting your dream list on your social media or to all the people that claim you're your friends, because I will promise you if you do that, the larger the audience is, the more opportunities there will be for people to speak and reinforce self-doubt in your life limiting words and thoughts. There'll be people that'll say, oh, I tried to do that one time, but I couldn't do it. Good luck or whatever the thing might be. And people are going to reinforce that you can't get out of your environment and they're going to tell you how hard it is. And then you're going to reject the struggle. So be careful 
Remember that thing I told you about the small circle of friends that you can trust to keep fighting with you, the small group of warriors? Carefully find that group. Number five, work a plan. You know, you've already done your research and you can do that. You can research about your journey and then you can be working on your plan. Then you can find your cheerleaders and coaches. These are kind of interchangeable, but research the research where you're headed, surround yourself with the right cheerleaders and coaches, but then you got to plan your plan. And I'll go back to the marathon example, or you could use financial peace with Dave Ramsey or any others. There's just a plan. You just don't wake up in the morning and go, here we go. I mean, if you're going to train for a marathon, you got to find a, tra- a plan if, you know, if, like I've heard people who've wanted to do a 5K and it's like a couch to 5K thing that's an app you can use if you've never done anything except sit on the couch all your life. It'll take you from a couch potato all the way to being able to finish your first uh, 5K or three miles. So find your plan and get after it. This gets hard, folks. You don't just wake, wake up one morning and go, I have a dream, and then you wake up in Oz. You got to get after it. Number six, remember that some is always better than none. So this is my challenge. Once I discover a dream, and this is the one that's going to make it to the top of the list, I go in with everything for about 48 hours, and then I'm like, okay, never mind. Listen, it's a long journey. It's a long haul on your dreams. And so just get a little bit done. Just get a little bit done. Like one of my dreams is to publish a book. And I've had a manuscript in front of me that's been rejected by publishers already, But right now I have to keep grinding away at editing this manuscript to somehow get it better and better so this thing can be published. And to edit a little bit every day is a good thing. And some is better than none. Just like if you choose to do the marathon, I'm just using these examples. These don't have to be yours. You get out and you walk, that's better than nothing. And you got to stay after it. And the last thing is just keep going, man. Just just keep going. Friends, I want to know what holds you back. I want to know what keeps you from pursuing everything you've been designed, called, and gifted to be. I know that this world is filled with people who are pessimists, filled with people who are cynics. And so many times it causes us to live life in black and white rather than choosing the technicolor of our dreams and everything that's been put inside of us by our creator to be more and to do more than we could ever imagine or hope that you have been indeed designed, called, and gifted for so much more than you would even dare take the time to think about. So I hope that this words, these words of this podcast will encourage you. I hope that one or two things you've heard might encourage you to pursue something new, something different, or even something better where you happen to be right now. And you wouldn't be afraid of it. And you would press on and you would find out that the, matter of fact, there are no neutral moments. Take advantage of every moment to become everything you've been designed, called, and gifted to be. God bless you. And remember, there's just no such thing as a neutral moment. 